Today on Lockdown Red Wings, we're going to look back on the season and tell you whether or not we feel it was a successful one, as well as give you our biggest surprise, disappointments, and most improved players from this season. You're Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. Scotty also hosts over at Locked On Tigers. Uh, I want to thank you guys for making us your first listen every single day. We are free and available on all platforms. Uh, Scotty, today we are going to bring the people our thoughts on whether or not we thought this past season was a successful one. Kind of just an overall look back. You know, I came into today and going, we still haven't recapped the New Jersey Devils game. But it being Wednesday, that game happening Friday, five whole days ago, it just seems like the timeline on that has kind of expired. And so we want to take our thoughts on that final game and kind of just wrap them into our overall sentiments on the season. Um, because that, that final game had some great moments. You had Michael Rasmussen registering another two points, I believe, in that game, uh, continuing the Rasmussen renaissance, as we've been calling it. Um, I, I'm sticking oh, with no. it, man. That's, 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 that's the phrase. Um, I, I like it. Mort Sider got his 50th point as a rookie, uh, from the back end leads all rookies and assists. He's uh, fourth in all rookies and points. The only defenseman among them, uh, Tyler Bertuzzi got his 30th goal. And, you know, of course, Magnus Halberg got the star. It was good enough to get the win. You know, he wasn't like a brick wall or anything, but he was good enough to get the win against a bad New Jersey devils team. And so like, that would really be what a recap was focusing on. And at that point we kind of just got talking and we were like, why don't we just talk about the season as a whole and just give the people season recap, a season recap. We've been doing, we've been doing game recaps all year. So let's just do uh do that. But in season form. Yeah. And just give you guys briefly our thoughts on how we think it went. And I, I guess the leading question is Scotty is, do we feel, I guess I'll start. Do you feel Scotty? Um, it was a successful season for the Red Wings. And if so, how do you define that? as a successful season or why not? Right. So, I mean, I I've been saying this is no surprise to everybody. I, I, right. I think it was a successful season. I've been saying this for, for months now. Uh, and even, even through all the losing and everything, uh, this is still very much a successful season to me. And, and I think that there was, there was a, a lot of moments that you take from this year that you build upon and you laid a lot of foundation this year that that's what you did you laid a lot of foundation and did i i want a better second half yes we all did right um is, is there still a lot of holes on this team is a successful season in my eyes you, you know obviously we didn't make the postseason like we didn't even really come close uh like finished under 500 like they, depending on what you think a successful season for this team going into the year was obviously it's it's kind of subjective but for me this is still very much a successful season Moritz Sider was fantastic Lucas Raymond showed that like Lucas Raymond thinks Lucas Raymond showed that he's here and and he's fantastic too uh the captain took a big step forward 
right? Dylan Larkin took a huge mm-hmm. step forward and kind of, I think, reiterated and and maybe reiterates the wrong word, but proved to people that he can be a guy on, on a team. He, he can be a top-end guy. Um, I, I mean, Burt, it sounds like by everything that uh, the extension is is all but certain on his end uh, because he had a great year. Just a lot of Iserman moves that really panned out. Fabry extension. Um, I, I mean, Valeno for the last little bit there was doing a lot better. I think he's taking steps in the right direction. Just all around, I, I think it's a success because you laid the foundation. The foundation is actually in the NHL level. And it's not that they weren't terrible. They, they were all pretty damn good. And I think that that is, regardless of win-loss record, the, the pieces and the core that your team has going forward and, and the core that you want your championship team to have is all in the NHL level and all playing really well. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you um, for I don't, almost every single thing that you said. I think I'm a little bit more, I, I, I mean, let me preface this. I do also agree it was in a, a successful season. Um, I wouldn't go as far as saying a very successful season, as, as you put it. Um, I think that the way that season ended kind of kind of took the wind out of my sails a little bit and saying that it was like, you know, a major step forward, but it was a step forward nonetheless. I mean, you know, you've said a lot of it. You know, you had Dylan Larkin really take a huge step forward. He ended up finished the season nearly a point per game. And if he hadn't gotten injured, I would argue would be a point per game, if not more. Tyler Bertuzzi hit 30 goals for the first time in his career. And whether or not he stays or he goes, it's going to be a lot of value in that player on ice or on the trade market. Uh, Robbie Fabry inked himself to an extension before his unfortunate ACL injury. And then, of course, all the young guys, Joe Valeno, took a huge step forward in his development, especially when he was thrust into a role in the top line center, which, you know, he was not prepared for, let's be honest, but he, I wouldn't say he excelled, but he, he looked okay. You know, he, he was able to make himself work and not be embarrassed every single night. And you know, that, and that sounds like an insult, but it's not, I mean, he was put into a role where he was not prepared for was, he was out of his depth at that point. And then obviously Moritz Sider and Lucas Raymond, you can't say good enough, good things about them. And when Jacob Verana came back, so it's another, it's a successful season from the standpoint of like, yes, um, certain players made appearances on this team and other players made, took steps forward. Uh, you had Alex Nedeljkovic come in and Steve Eisenman said it yesterday, had ups and downs, he had ups and downs, but nonetheless, he was able to get through them with his confidence intact and still put up a 47 save shutout against Buffalo or Boston and a 46 save shutty against Carolina. And that was after all the bad stuff. And then I think at the end, too, that redeems that horrible collapse a little bit is the conviction that Eisenman had to letting Blashill go when it was obvious that was the right move to make. So I think that that does redeem the bad stuff a little bit. And the fact that, okay, Eisenman's like, yeah, that was unacceptable. We need to get a new head coach. So it was absolutely a, a point. step forward. Great point. Um, but it, was it as big of a step forward as I was thinking before All-Star break? Maybe not so much because this team does struggle with consistency. But, and I, because Eisenman did address that as well. He he said that it wasn't just Blaschel that failed to get this team, uh, you know, on the right track. Every single player did. And he's like, I, the front office did too. We did things to address it and it didn't work out. And so, you know, that collapse is a little bit discouraging, but I think everything that led up to that point were signs of progress, which is why I ultimately decided uh, that this was a successful season. Right. And uh, to that point, I think that's why 
that is the, the the key thing for me is right there when you were explaining how at the all-star break the second half of the season was a disappointment and i think regression right 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 as steve put it right so i i think for me is i just keep reminding myself on opening night would you have been happy after if if this is what happened if on opening night if you had a time machine and you could go to today and see how everybody's season ended out would you say okay like yeah this this i would love it if this happened this year yes i absolutely would have and so the the narrowness of okay well it's it's the all-star break we got off to a, a really hot start we want to ride that if you're just talking from the all-star break on, yes, I, I, I can see absolutely understand why it, you might not view it as a successful season or you might view it as a disappointing season because the second half was such a letdown. But we got to remember where we were last offseason and going into this season. It, it was it, it was not um, – it, it was – well, I mean, not great. <laughs> that, I mean, that's I, a really think, fair point that you bring up, though. I think that, that that is the, the biggest reason why I – uh, still believe that this was a such a successful season is because uh, win loss record aside, if you would have put all these stats and and everything in front of me on opening night and said this is how all these players would have finished, I would have taken it in a heartbeat. Yeah, that's a really fair point. I think at some point along the way in the first half of the season, uh, pre All Star break, my opinion on what successful was maybe got a little skewed because exactly. they were playing they were playing so far and above what I expected them to. Expectations change, and, and Expectations, they should change. And then they did change, and then when right. they fell off, I think I was hurt a lot more than I was expecting because I my expectations were risen. Now, like right. you said, if you were to go back to the start of the season, you were to show me what the team had done and what the individual players on this team had done, I would say that's, you know, exactly what I was hoping for. You know, I expected some big losses in there, but I wanted the individual, certain individual players to show growth because those guys would be the foundation. And that's precisely what we saw. Even through the tough times, the players we were expecting and hoping growth for were still producing. Those were the guys who were producing. So I think that's a very valid point that you bring up that if you look, if I were to go back to, Producer Brian, because I was still a producer at that time, and ask him um, or show him this this turnout, what had happened. He'd probably go, "Yeah, that that's exactly what I was hoping for." So yeah, I, I think that's a. I think overall, absolutely, it was a successful season for the Detroit Red Wings in the standpoint that they took a step forward this season and hopefully can take a step forward again this off season. Got to talk to you guys today about Rock Auto. No banner. Uh, with the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Winder often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the uh, person behind the counter, rather, holy cow, orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30, 50, or even 100% more for the same parts from a chain auto parts store or car dealership? Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you could need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, or even new carpet. So go to rockauto.com right now 
and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there. How did you hear about us box? So they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts you will ever need. Rockauto.com. All right. Segment two, Lockdown Red Wings podcast, Wednesday edition. Scotty and I are recapping the season and just giving you our overall thoughts on the team as a whole. And then certain individual players we gave you in the first segment, our thoughts on whether or not we felt it was a successful team or successful season as a whole for the team. Scotty, now I kind of want to delve into like individual player performances and how you felt about them. My biggest question for you is who for you was the biggest surprise on this roster this season? Somebody you didn't expect to have as good of a year as you did. And this one is really interesting to see what you would answer. Cause I think there's a lot of viable candidates. Yeah, there is man. There really is. Um, like, I mean, there's a ton of options. And and again, that goes back to why I think this was such a successful season is because I think that there are so many answers to that question. I think, wow, there really is several. I mean, I, I if I can just think out loud, like, I mean, Bert's in there. as Not yeah. that he was bad before, but I don't think anyone was going into this season going 30 goals. I was thinking Bert. 20 goal score and I was happy with that. And he goes exactly. out there gets an gets a 30 goal season. 30 without playing in Canada. Yeah. I mean, you know, I I think that that that's a, a surprise of a season. Uh I mean, if we're being uh, surprised maybe a little bit insulting for this one, but like Larkin is low key in that conversation. Oh, absolutely. Not even low key, he absolutely is. Yeah, like after the again, season like, he had last year? Yeah, exactly. And and I, I'm not sure Maybe, maybe, like I said, maybe surprise is too much of like a negative connotation of what he was beforehand. But I mean, I, I think that that he deserves to be in there. Uh, I mean, both of the rookies, whether you like it or not, I mean, uh, uh, deserve to be in that conversation. Um, I, I think, I mean, Mark Stahl probably in that conversation. I thought about saying bit, it because right? expectations. I don't want to sound rude, but expectations for Mark Stahl were. It, it, low. pretty low like we were happy with what we saw last year um like his numbers were okay so we were like oh bring him back i'm on a cheap on a cheap contract for that veteran presence but he kind of exceeded that this year at least from the offensive standpoint his defensive game is still i mean he's a 30 what 35 years old i mean it is what it is at this point but he he was breaking um possession metrics or, or, or war go, no sorry goals against goals above average no go, goals above replacement that's the one Oh my Lord. I knew what I was trying to say, but I couldn't get it out. But he was breaking expected goals above replacement because his expected goals above replacement were so low, but what he was actually getting was so high that it's, it, he was doing something that this metrics weren't accounting for. So, yeah. but that's, he's I don't need to go on my, he's in that conversation just because expectations were low, but you haven't given me your actual answer yet. I, I, you got, you said Mark Stahl's name. No, so I, I like I said, I was just kind of <laughs> thinking out loud, but I, I think, I think the answer to that question is probably Alexander Nadelkovic. And really? I think that not again, not, not to insult or insinuate that he was lesser before, but the first half of the year, right? Like he was like near a nine twenty save percentage the first half of the season. And then January came, the defense completely fell apart. And the fact that he was still able to end this season with a 900 save percentage is nothing short of remarkable given the product in front of him. 
Yeah. And I mean, there was that again, there was one point this season where you and I were having a conversation about, is he really the long-term option in between the pipes? And I, I, so I think there's a ton of answers to that question, but I think the one where again, on opening night, if you showed me everybody's stats on the team, who's the one that I'm like, that is like awesome. It's, it's probably, it's probably Ned. Well, and worth noting too, he also led all rookie goaltenders in shutouts. And, you know, there, there's a little bit of, a little bit of whether or not how much weight you should put into that. Cause also amongst all those rookie goaltenders, you probably got way more starts than the other ones. Like, you know, among Capo sure. Kakonen and Jeremy Swayman, he probably got more starts than those guys did just because he is the starter on this team. But also he was playing behind a markedly worse team than those guys were as well. So he had to earn each and every one of those shutouts. Um, so yeah, I, I, I can get on board with that. I think for my aspect, Scotty, I mean, obviously Dylan Larkin, Tyler Bertuzzi, um, guys like, you know, you mentioned Mark Stahl cause the expectations are so low. More cider. I, I, I don't want to say him because expectations like people knew coming over, he was NHL ready. I don't think people expected him to be this good. But I think even more so of a surprise than him, and this is my answer, would be Lucas Raymond. Because coming into the season... The, should be the most common answer, yeah, I think. I think a lot of people outside of Nolan, because Nolan Nolan called it, a lot Nolan of people... Nostradamus, never forget. Nostradamus versus Oracle. Got to get him in the ring, uh, the ring one of these times. But a lot of people consider Lucas Raymond, that. you know, he's going to need to go to the AHL. He's going to need time to, you know, mature. I was saying the same thing. In fact, I even said... Until Jacob Rana got hurt, I was like, unless something happens, you know, there's not going to be a roster spot even available for Lucas Raymond. But then Jacob Rana got hurt. And I'm not saying that, that that's the reason why. He absolutely showed out in training camp and in preseason. He earned a spot in the roster. He earned a rookie of the month. Was it October or November? I know he and Mort Sider went back to back. And then he was on an absolute tear the first half of the season. He cooled off, you know, a ton, but was still producing at a decent rate. Um, he finished in the top four among all rookies in, in total scoring. Let me look that up right now. I mean, he, he was, I mean, leader in rookie points for most, even after he yeah. had cooled off the goal scoring, a, he was the leader in rookie points for pretty much a large majority of the season. Oh, this is, this is in the playoffs. Darn it. I just, yeah, they changed it to playoffs. So now I can't get the regular season one off the top, but yeah. So, I mean, like he was absolutely just, he was a surprise for sure. He uh, was third I mean, in points like, among all rookies with being 57. Top line so quickly. Yeah. Also, no, he played every single game, I think. I don't think he missed a single game. Let me double check on that before I, I shoot my mouth off. Yeah, Lucas Raymond and Moritz Sider both played every single game this season. So, like, that can't be understated. Like, they went, granted, they were both playing professional hockey over in the SHL, Scotty, but they went from playing, you know, in definitely a professional hockey league, one of the elite ones, but not the NHL, especially on your European sized ice, coming over to America at 19 and 20 years old and played all 82 games. Not even Dylan Larkin, not Tyler Bertuzzi. Almost, I don't know if anyone else on the team played all 82 games this season besides those two rookies. I mean, that is, that cannot be stated enough that these For two sure. rookies, only, and, and the only other players play all 82 games is Pew Suter. King. The, but like the, the thing, and again, like it, it wasn't like they got gradually put into their roles. Like both yeah. of them got okay. You are top line players immediately, and 
uh, again, I, I think that the reason that the answer that, that most people will give you is Raymond for that question is because he didn't have the same level of hype that Cider yeah. had and yet thrived in this same situation that Cider was put in. Absolutely. He didn't have three years or two years post-draft of just highlight right. reel clips coming out of overseas to hype us up. We Lucas Raymond was very much an unknown coming into this season. And then he makes the team out of training camp, becomes rookie of the month, plays all 82 games, and has a hat trick and finishes um, third amongst all rookies in points. And so he just, that's why he is my vote for, you know, biggest surprise this season, Lucas Raymond. Um, We do got to get to our biggest disappointment though as well. But first I do got to talk to you guys today about Built Bar. (laughs) Sorry, I got to clear my throat. Oh oh, no, banner's up. Okay. Um, Summer is coming. And with summer, you're going to need some food on the go. Built Bars are the perfect snack to take with you on your family vacations. I can't focus on the ad read. That was ridiculous. Throw them in your bags and your kids' backpacks. Make sure that everyone has a bar so you're fueled for your summer summer adventures. The best part about Built Bars, they're healthy and delicious. No more sacrificing delicious food for health. With Built Bar, you can have both, and it's easy. All you have to do is go to Built.com and order now. Have you tried Built Bar Puffs yet? We are going crazy for these puffs. They come in crazy flavors like banana cream pl- <laughs> banana cream pie and even churro. Who doesn't want a protein bar that tastes like a churro and they're only 140 calories? Sign me up. It's not if not that's not enough flavor for you, then you might want to try the mix box. The mix box comes with 12 flavors of built bars and puffs. So go to built.com, get all your favorites, banana cream pie, raspberry, double chocolate, and so many more. They're delicious, and new flavors are coming out all the time. Check them out at Built.com. Go to Built.com. Use promo code LOCKED15. Get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. That one was was rough. Yeah, that wasn't your best. Not my best. uh, best I'm like not a built. Like, I can't read today. I don't know what it is, but like, I can't focus on the words in front of me. But damn, we, we don't edit anymore. We just don't. So, uh, yeah, it's the I don't at home. Tigers either, man. I'm just like, you guys are gonna have to live with it. I'm gonna screw up sometimes. I'm a human being, deal with it. Uh, same, I am absolutely echoing that sentiment. Um, so you guys are gonna have to deal with that. Uh, built.com locked 15%. Locked, see, I even messed that up. Locked 15, get 50% off your order at built.com. There, there's your read, guys. Uh, I'm sorry, Built Bar. I'll do better next time. Segment three, locked on Red Wings podcast. I've done your read a thousand times. Give me, give me a mulligan, all right. Um, your biggest disappointment of the season, and Phil don't Zanita, say me. Next question. Phil, okay. That was fun. Good discussion. What do you got next? What's your next one? You're not even going to entertain like uh, any other players. There isn't one. Well, oh, come on. Okay, Philip Peronic, uh Danny DeKaiser, Thomas Grice. You expected a lot out of Danny DeKaiser this year. You went into the season. You were like, you know what? DDK is going to kill it, bro. Yeah, for sure, dude. No. He's wearing he's wearing an A, man. There he's, is one answer to this question. No, you're right. It is Philip Zadina. I mean, the guy again and yet again, first full season. So now we can say he's got a full season under his belt. But he only had 24 points in that span. Uh he, you know, only had what? 14 assists and 10 goals, just barely cracking 10 goals. I mean, that's just 
It's not good enough from a guy you took sixth overall in the what 2018 NHL draft. He you drafted him to be a scorer and he just isn't scoring. Yeah, no, I I mean there there are certainly other players on the team that you could could point at and go like, you know, we we maybe expected a little bit more from you or you you should have played a little bit better. I don't I don't think there's anyone even close to to Zadina when it comes to the answer to this question though. I, I really don't. And honestly, I'll be the first one to say it. I, I still I'm still not giving up on him. No, Again, neither am I. It, it's still it's it's this was his first full season. Uh, we're finally able to say that now. He's still very young. Like that I, I think that I'm 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 still excited for the future of Philip Zadina. It just the hope and the faith you have of him hitting the ceiling dwindles a, a little bit every game and um there weren't too many games this year that made that hope raise Does that make sense i know i understand what you're saying and i mean to steal a little bit of what eiserman was saying i'm not 100 giving up on him either but stealing a little bit of what eiserman was saying is Different players develop on different line timelines, and for sure. he might be a player who just hasn't figured it out yet. And I don't know how. I mean, this is for Eiserman to decide on how long it would take uh, to ha- have him figure it out. It could be a situation where maybe he does need a change of scenery. Some players that it works great for him. I mean, not that Jacob Vrana was a scrub by any stretch of the imagination with the Washington Capitals, but you can definitely see what the change in scenery has done for him. It sparked his offense. He's playing. He's got a, he had to finish the year, granted a shortened season for him because of his injury, but Jacob Vrana finished the season with a 20% shooting percentage, which isn't sustainable, but like clearly there's a fire in him right now. And so maybe the, it'll be the same for Jacob Vrana if Eiserman so chooses to make that move. Other, the other possibility is a new head coach could come in and figure out what Zidane needs to do and get the most out of him. Maybe it's something that Blaschel as head coach just couldn't figure out how to get the scoring out of Zidina. Or it could simply be that he can't play on the NHL ice. We see that all the time, too. There's so many potential possibilities for Phil Zadina because he is still so young that I don't want to give up on him yet, and it's not even my decision on whether or not to give up on him. That comes down to Steve Eisman because Steve Eisman knows best. Steve Eisman comes first. Steve Eisman comes first. That's what you call a callback. (laughs) So that brings me on to my next question, though. We've done most, most, uh, biggest surprise, biggest disappointment. Who would you say is your most improved player on the roster this season? Um, I, it's really hard to not go Burt for this one. Um, I like Larkin certainly in consideration for it, like, like we talked about earlier. Um, but it's really, really difficult to not give that one to Burt. I, I think that he has the slam dunk argument for it. Uh, and again, not that he was bad before or anything, but uh, certainly wasn't a 30-goal scorer two years ago, and last year he was hurt for almost the entire year. So uh, pretty pretty easy to, to bounce into that type of uh, title or award or whatever. Um, when that when that, those were your last two seasons, and uh, yeah, I, I think it's a, a slam dunk pick, and I, I think he went from even if you're not looking at you know numbers or, or stats or whatever, just expectation. Like uh, he coming into the season, uh, I'm not sure what everybody, I'm not sure there was a consensus of what Burt was going to be 
uh, and going out there and, and, and putting up 30 goals while missing what a six of the games. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Pretty, pr- pretty damn impressive. And I, I think he, the biggest thing for him was that he solidified himself from a, a maybe a, a potential question mark for a lot of people and whether he was going to be a part of the future or not to a slam dunk. Like, yeah, he is part of the future. Uh, if Stevie says it to be, I, so my, I, I want to go with Dylan Larkin because of obvious reasons. Like, I mean, guys, he, he was a point per game player this season. That's phenomenal. He's never, sure. he would have broken his career highs if not for the injury. Um, but I feel like I do want to go a little bit off the board on this one and give love to somebody that I think we like and we see, you know, potential in, but necessarily isn't getting that much love on the, you know, on the Red Wings fan verse. I don't know how to say that, but you're going to give it to Joe. I'm, you, yeah. 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 No, I like Joe it. Valeno. I was just trying I mean, to, I was just trying to think of who you were talking about. Yeah. He, I like at it. the beginning of the season, he was a player. We were arguing whether or not he should be an NHL caliber player. And then he finally made the everyday roster because of injuries partway through the season. He didn't look great. He didn't. And he got sent back down to the AHL um, for a, a short stint there during the all-star break. And he was one of the few players that was it the all-star break or COVID. I can't remember, but he got sent down for a short stint was, and then he came back. Yeah, the all-star break, yeah. It was the all-star break. Thank you. Um, he came back after the all-star break and his, imp- Olympic his break. play. Yeah. Was it Olympic eight? He went down for a few games. No, 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 at some it, point. It was, yeah, it was, I think it was actually both. He was YouTube, up and down a lot. Yeah. YouTube commenters do your job. Tell tell me when he went down. <laughs> there was I know that one will. time where we just had like a natural like week off in the schedule and we sent him down to get a couple of games. Like he was up and down all year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he came back and he was playing, he played a much better game. Like he really got his confidence back. And then at the end of the season, he was playing top line minutes granted, not because, you know, he necessarily deserved it. That sounds a little harsh, but because Dylan Larkin, of course, got injured, but he didn't, like I said, at the start of the show, he didn't look so out of place. He held his own and the top line against some of the best, you know, top lines in the league. So that's why I think Joe Valeno is probably my most improved player. Do I expect him to go out there next season and be Dylan Larkin? No, but he showed that he has a lot of room to grow still, and he grew a lot this season. Yeah, and and again, I I think when you're talking about growth of expectations, like his certainly got got higher as the season went along and was honestly one of the only bright spots in the last month of the season. I have two more quick ones, um, mm-hmm. and they're all they're, the next one's kind of in the same vein. I think of the biggest surprise um, team MVP, Larkin. See, I was gonna go more at Cider. Oh, see, I, I think I, MVP most valuable player. I, I, I mean, I think Dylan Larkin is the most valuable player on this on this team. Now, you, I mean, you could argue without Cider, the defense would have been. I mean, even with Cider, it was. <laughs> Right, that's my point. Like yeah. it, it might have been even even worse than than it already or struggled more than it already did. But um, I, I mean, team MVP for me is like who is your like best like most valuable player, and for me, that's that's Larkin. I get it. I think I might be from a different looking at it from a different perspective, and I don't disagree necessarily. I think Larkin's, you know, you know, it's it's one and two right there. Sure. But for me, I would go with Sider because of the fact that like he didn't have anyone to play with all season long. I mean, his defensive partners were Jordan Osterley and Danny DeKaiser for the most part. Um, and despite that, he, again, put up 
50 points at like we er, weekly we're I mean, breaking these records that Larkin's you know, line mate was a was, was a teenager rookie and then a circus on the other side. And Tyler Bertuzzi for a good chunk of the season. Then it was Vlad Nemestikov until he got dealt. And then after that, it kind of fell apart. Um, but like, I, I think you that carousel on the left and a 19 year old that that's playing in the NHL for the first time on the right. And he put up the best season of his career. I think that they're both MVPs. This might be a cop out, but they're both MVPs for the respective position for sure. No, for sure. Yeah, no, this isn't, I'm definitely not going to come on here and slander Moritz Slider. He definitely (laughs) deserves all the love and recognition he gets too. And then my last question to end the show, looking back on the season, how do you think Steve Eiserman did at constructing this roster? This one you didn't know about. We, we talked about all the questions ahead of time. I was like, I'm going to give you these questions to come up with answers, but this one I'm coming up off the cuff. How do you think Steve Eiserman did this season? Did he meet, fall below, or excel, ex- exceed your expectations as the general manager of the Detroit Red Wings? I, I think I would say meet uh, because they were very high. Uh, it, w- it would have taken us making the playoffs to exceed. I mean, uh, you know what I mean? Like, I, I already view this season as a success, as we all know. So, like, I'd. I I, I I would say meet. Um, look, like there were, we talked about the trade deadline, like as far as moves like that, we, we liked the deadline. You got less than you thought for Vlad. I mean, he was an expiring deal and, and you weren't, and you were finished well under 500. Like anything is something like it was either that or hold on to him for nothing. And like, I know we have the sentimental thing, but like, anything was going to be better than, than just keeping him on here just to finish out the season for no reason. So like uh, if the market wasn't there for him, the market wasn't there for him. The the other deal at the deadline was uh, fantastic. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I, I I think, uh, I think that he, I think that meat, I think he handled, um, we talked about Valeno. I think he handled the ups and downs of him very well. Uh, I think he handled the bottom six about as well as someone could have just with all the injuries and or uh, just like different levels of talent, just wanted to move people in and out, call people up and down, um, leaving Bergeron in the A for the entire year. I agree with in, in hindsight, and there we had a little bit of a discussion there at one point earlier in the year about whether it was time to bring him up. But I think that uh, it, it made sense to keep him down there. Um, I, I, I have no complaints. I mean, and then the cherry on top is, you know, Blashel. So I, I think that, um, yeah, absolutely meet. Uh, the only reason it's not exceed is because my expectations for Iserman are higher than like anyone. So, uh, you know, kind of, kind of, kind of hard to exceed. So yeah, meet, but with an A grade. I, I honestly could not agree more. I, you honestly, and you do this a lot, but you took the words right out of my mouth, Scotty. Like everything you said, even the one criticism, like I was going to say, the only one area I think he fell short was the Vlad Domestikov trade, but not every trade is going to be a banger. You know, like sometimes you got to get what you can get. I mean, just same, same sentiment. Like expectations are high. It's a rebuild, but it's Steve Eiserman. So you have higher expectations. But I think there was only that one time in the Mestikov outside of that, there was no time that I feel like Jeff or not Jeff Blashill, Steve Eisman did anything that made me, you know, scratch my head and go, what is he doing? It felt like every move that he made this season 
felt logical, felt like something like this is going to sound kind of like narcissistic, but like things that like make sense to me, you know, I'm like, Oh, like this is something that should happen. And then it happened. And you're like, Oh, like, yeah, it's logical. It makes sense. And like, well, right, and, and not even, to, I don't, I don't he doesn't baffle you in a bad way. It's not right. It's not necessarily like foreshadowing. It's just like, after you get a notification, you're like, Oh yeah, duh. Like right? I go back to the Nick Letty trade in the off season. And you're thinking like, okay, you sent out a second round pick for a guy who could either be very good and you extend him and he could be, you know, a veteran solid presence on your back end. Or if he, you know, falls short, you're only on the hook for this one season. You can flip him at the deadline and get your value back, which he did. And then some, and yeah. it's like, it just, everything he does seems to make logical sense. And then he goes out there and he makes moves that surprise you like acquiring Alexander Nadelkovich. Still don't know what Carolina was thinking on that. Although it worked out for Carolina because Frederick Anderson has been, you know, really good for them. Yeah. And so as uh, anti Ranta in the backup role, but you know, he, he, does logical things and every once in a while he surprises you with the moves that he does make and the acquisitions he does get. And so, and he said, I, I was listening to 97 one today. Uh, let, he was on an interview in the Stoney and Jansen show. And he said that we expect this season to be this off season to be a little bit more. He's going to try to be a little bit more aggressive, aggressive. Cause again, you know, he f- always falls short of saying something because then he always backpedals. Right. He's like, I'm going to try and be more aggressive this off season. As it's what he said. So expect more surprises from Steve Eisman to come. Absolutely agree with you, Scotty. Meets expectation. And that is a compliment. Correct. Yeah. No, that's why I said like meet expectation, but with an A grade. Yeah. Meeting expectations is near perfection for him. We are way past time, but uh, it was a really good conversation. Good so I didn't, I didn't want to cut it short. Yeah, um, no. And, minus, I, and like season recaps, like I think that makes sense to that's a little bit of a longer yeah. show. I don't think minus that. the, you know, Bill Bar read. Sorry, Bill Bar again. Uh, I'll get it right next time. You can slap me on the wrist if you want. Um, I'm inviting danger here. Thanks for making Lockdown Red Wings your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Lockdown NHL from first round matchups to each Stanley Cup kiss. Lockdown NHL covers the playoffs like no other. Hear the latest odds, new, latest news, and opinions from local experts every Monday through Friday. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. Scotty and I will be back tomorrow. I keep wanting to say with an episode or a, a game recap, but it's like, no, there's no more game recaps. Like It I felt know, like muscle bad. memory for the longest time. Um, what do you want to talk about tomorrow? Do we know yet? Of, of course, Scott. We have everything plotted out like months and No, and I was just like, because I mean, we have, I didn't mean it like that. We have like, <laughs> hand like a a bag full of stuff we want to do this off season and it's just a matter of picking when when to do all of it That's yeah like, when the it's right gonna time be a fun to off season, it. for real oh yeah absolutely um well we'll we'll get that figured out what we want to bring to you guys tomorrow like scotty says we do absolutely have like a, a li- i can i won't show you guys the list but I mean, it's a laundry list it's, it's <laughs> literally i have a I, my notes app is full of stuff like i want to yeah. get to um And we'll figure out which one of those things we're going to bring you tomorrow. Same time, same place. It's your team every day. Every day.